With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, welcome in everybody. Another It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia podcast. Kevin Kincaid alongside Dave Zeitlin. And we have a special guest in the studio with us, Mr. Matt DeGeorge from Delaware County Daily Times. If there was a bomb right now in this building, then I think there'd be no uh, union writers left except he, for Mark. Yeah, this is, it's the, uh, we comprise 95% of the uh, Philadelphia Union B Corps. It's, it's kind of an Air Force One situation here. We, we can't have this many in one room, so it's a little, it's a little dangerous. But, right, if the, three we'll, of us we'll were to go, if the three of us were to go, who would be next up on the, uh, who would be vice president then, or who would be president? I, I guess it would fall. To, I guess it would fall to Jonathan, John, and Narducci. Yeah, it would be yeah. Tannenwald and Narducci show plus uh, the uh, guys, uh, the Saturday crew. But uh, no, I, I'm, I'm uh, glad to be back from honeymoon and doing another uh, podcast with these gentlemen. It was a, uh, it was a good time. It was a very yeah. good time. Yeah. So you're a married man. How's it feel? I'm a married man. It feels. Uh, it doesn't feel that much different. To be honest, uh, I have this ring on my finger now, which is weird. I keep I keep fumbling with it. And I keep grabbing at it because I'm not used to wearing jewelry. So for the first like 20 minutes after the ceremony, I just kept grabbing my left hand with my mm-hmm. right hand, kind of wondering what the hell is what, what is this thing on my finger? So important questions. I'm about the wedding. During the ceremony, did you check your phone to find out who was winning the uh, Union KC game? I actually did not. Um, not until. Did I check it like after, like late at night? I may have when we were like cleaning up the stuff or something like that. But you know what was ironic was I was trying to stay off the grid as much as possible. I didn't want to have anything to do with the union. But of course, the my, the hotel that my wedding was at was where Sporting Kansas City was staying that weekend. So I bumped into <laughs> I bumped into Benny Failhaber, I think in the uh, in the hotel lobby. I saw Vermees about three times. Saw him just stand in the street. I think he, he and an assistant coach were going to like Spruce Street Harbor Park or something like that. And then the morning after the wedding, I bumped into a JP Della Camera at breakfast. So he and I started talking. He he sort of filled me in on the game, but uh, no, it was wonderful, man. The wedding was great. I was I was sweating my ass off. It was about ninety two, ninety three degrees. I was wearing black on black on black. But even if I was sweating through all my layers, you couldn't tell because it was black, right? So maybe that, was that's that the by, beauty of it. Was that by design? I don't know. Um, but no, it was good. It was the party of a lifetime. We had a bunch of nineties hip hop. The music was great. Um, nothing. Nothing bad about it at all yeah it was perfect yeah how, how was how was peter vermese's wedding toast imagine well, it got a little a little heated a little out of hand yeah there. unfortunately the game was at the exact same time as the, <laughs> as the wedding toast but it sounded like he uh he had his hands full with uh you know a couple red cards and whatnot down there i just I, you know i watched the highlights i didn't really even get to watch the whole game or whatever but it seemed like i uh missed uh some questions. it was a good press conference yeah. yeah yeah and it was interesting because the uh the uh, visiting coach um, uh, usually goes first, but in this case, he went last. So there are only like three writers left in there. It was me, <laughs> Ivis, and someone oh, else. Oh, okay. And then Vermees just like went off uh, on the reps immediately. And yeah. then at the end, I asked a question about like what he's going to do next week with uh, two guys after the red cards. And he mm-hmm. said he's going to appeal. And yeah. he's, he said the ref might have a grudge. So, um, 
but he was right. I mean, they appealed, and uh, Roland Albert did do some pretty good acting, I guess. What right? was the? Um, they they got the 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 one the one was appealed. Espinosa, yeah. right? Red for. Uh, I could have seen maybe that being a second yellow, but I don't know. I thought it was just a regular foul. Yeah, I thought Jim Curtin mentioned the same thing that maybe it's a second yellow, but uh, the bright side actually it's a it's a good break for them because it was a red. So the ref kind of overreacting there, giving him the red, it means they're, they're able to appeal it, and they actually yeah, got him right, back in there. Yeah, right, because if it was just a second yellow, And I think then, there yeah. was an instance, um, was it maybe with Josh Yarrow? Yes, right, because we were trying was to that. Was that down in out. Houston? Right, right, I think right. he had that instance where he would have been better off if it was a red because it was a questionable yellow, and because they it was could a second yellow, sending off, and you couldn't appeal the, that. Yeah. So. yeah, there was a bit of confusion about that, but Jim Jim Curran came out and told us at the press conference, like, didn't he pretty much confirm that? We can't do anything about it because it was uh, yeah yeah he did second yellow or that's whatever. right because yeah. we because we pressed him on that about yeah. whether or not that was appealable and I guess it's only a red that's appealable yeah so then they have they win the two in a row because that was coming off the Columbus game the Wednesday win and then the Kansas City win and then they had the week off um, to you know prepare for Chicago one of the worst teams in the league on the road um, Chicago where they haven't won since 2013 and they haven't scored there since 2014 which I didn't even really wasn't even really paying attention to until I looked at it after the game but um I mean I don't know on the surface I didn't think they really played all that bad necessarily but just uh had a couple bad moments and none of the bounces seemed to go their way and they couldn't create much yeah and if you look at the first 10 or 15 minutes they actually had some good pressure I thought they were actually moving the ball pretty well. They had a couple chances, too many shots from outside the box. Um, yeah. But that entire game, and Jim Curtin mentioned it, if if Sean Johnson doesn't make that crazy save on Pontius in the 31st minute, yeah. all of a sudden it's 1-1. You know, the Union have a good goal as opposed to a, a fluky own goal for Chicago. Yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden it's different. And, you know, it's, it's a weird tendency with those Union-Chicago games. They kind of just devolve into nothingness. Like there's so many of those games that <laughs> – you just don't remember that they happened afterward. Yeah, you're trying to think, what was the storyline with that one? Yeah, well, they had the, you know, the Rollins, uh, we, we were just there. We're recording on Wednesday. We were just we were just at the at Jim's midweek presser, and he was saying that, you know, he always puts an emphasis on the center backs to do better in that position, but he was talking about the quick throw-in that they made. The ball comes in. Arturo Alvarez gets on it. He kind of drags a couple guys sideways, and Roland Alberg picks up a run of Matt Polster late, um, but he's in a position to make a play, and he just misses on the tackle, and it goes into his own. And I, I didn't, I wasn't as harsh on him as other people were, because I thought he recognized the run, and he made yeah. put himself in a in a place to make the play. But some people seem to say that he was at most at fault for. I guess he's the one who hit the ball into his own net. So I don't know. It was bad luck for sure, but it it, it was a crazy week for him. Like against KC, he had the goal and the assist in like twenty minutes. We were all talking about him being uh, tops in the league, and uh. And that goes up per minute's average, and then he has that game. So it's it's been kind of an up and down year for him. But I mean, like we've talked about this before, the partnership with the Roland and Tranquilo is just it's just not yeah, it's not working it's, for the it's, team. It's a, yeah, it's weird because he doesn't. He's like a guy who just doesn't. Roland just doesn't really have a position. You have to play him at the ten because uh, he doesn't really track back enough. But then the the irony about it was that he was tracking back on that play and ends up you know hitting yeah. it, hitting it into his own net. I didn't think you know the second goal. Uh, they get called on a 4v4 going the other way because at that point it's late in the game and Tranquillo's trying to push forward. Uh, you know He's coming forward from the number eight spot, so it's just Warren Craval back there. I think he was out of position on the play too. And then they just, uh, you know, there's a nice diagonal that's played in. There's a there's a rebound. John McCarthy makes a save initially. And then... Uh, Poor John McCarthy. Just... I mean, one start all year. He gets an <laughs> own goal. Almost two yeah. own goals. He has to yeah. make a diving save on right. another 
own goal shot. His best save might have been bad against uh, might have been against Keegan Rosenberry actually on the uh, that deflected one that came up there. But I, I yeah, I mean they were unlucky on that one. But maybe Ken Tribbett. I think I think Fabinho did a little bit of ball watching on that one with a late guy coming in on the back post, and then. I, I can't get on Ken Tribbett for the last goal because 89 minutes they're chasing the game. He's got a guy running right at him, a couple step overs, and, and it's just a chaos. So it's far. just a chaos. I mean, it's just a chaos situation at that point. Yeah. Two nothing, three nothing is really not that. You know, it's really not that big of a difference, all things considered. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a disappointing trip, one way or the other, from Chicago, and you're you, you're getting nothing out of it. But so. Doy is not there. Andre Blake's not there. Josh Yar is not there because um, of a death in the family, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just sort of a throwaway. But these are the ones that matter now. So they got six. They're eight points above the playoff line. Six games left. They've got Montreal at home. Uh, is it Portland, Toronto, New York, all on the road? Three in a row, three in a row? Yeah, yeah in, the, in that and order. Then, yeah. And then they come home they for have, Orlando, Orlando and then right. New York, right? Yeah, and they have the week off between the before the Orlando game. So, so, I don't, so what do you think? What's going to happen? I mean, all of a sudden, you're, you're thinking – if they get Chicago, if they were able to get a win in Chicago, they're really kind of in cruise control. Now it's a little bit dicier. I mean, I, I think Curtin and, and company are probably taking the the perspective that fourth place is the goal in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think from the outside and knowing Philly soccer the way it is, if you finish fifth, go to Montreal, lose a playoff game, that doesn't feel like you were in the playoffs. Did it even happen? Because yeah. you were barely yeah. in the playoffs. I yeah. mean, that doesn't that doesn't really push the needle a whole it's lot. Like the, it's like you remember a couple years ago when the Pittsburgh Pirates finally made the uh, playoffs for the first time in a long right. time. And then they played the one right exactly, and they've done that a couple. And t- yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. done that a couple times yeah. now. And then this year, everyone was all was on them for kind of selling some pieces at midseason because they were like, "Well, you're still alive in the wild card," and they were yeah. sick of it. Yeah, but you know that's so fourth place has got to be the goal, and that requires being ahead of being ahead of Montreal. So yeah. this weekend's game is huge. First six-pointer, yeah. I mean, because they got to get they got to get three out of this because I don't see them taking all that much out of the next three after that, if, right? If you get if you can somehow sneak a win in one of those, maybe, but I, I don't really know where. If they could come at it, well, yeah, because say, okay, so the, the next four, three of them on the road, say they win against Montreal at home on Saturday, then if they can take one win out of those three road mm-hmm. games, you'd say six out of 12 is fine, yeah. you know, and then you come home, at least you finish the season at home because, you know, they're going to be, I, I don't think DC or Orlando is going to pose much of a threat, but right. You're, you're basically, I think they're fighting between the four and five right now. Yeah. That's I, the difference between the road game and, or, or not. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's really five. It's really five teams for those four spots and, you know, uh, at, towards the top of the conference and yeah. the union probably need, two wins from here on out in order to make the playoffs. I think if they yeah. end up at 46 points, I don't I don't see two of those bottom five teams leapfrogging them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you want you want more than that. And I know that that's kind of Jim Curtin coach speak, but y- you want that home yeah. game and, and you want something and It's going to come down to it's going to come down to I think the last game of the year at home against Red Bull probably to determine whether they host Montreal or like go to Toronto or something, right? That'll be a fun game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will. It's it will. Cool, and yeah. they have the, you know, they have the Red Bull away game, you know, like two weeks before that. I just, I don't, probably a whole separate thing, but uh, I, I still hate the playoff setup in MLS. I mean, you're letting 12 out of 20 teams in, but it's deceiving because, right, it's like you go and play that one playing game. It and it's midweek, which is weird. It's only like three or four games after the season ends. And then after that, it's like two or three more days until the conference uh, semifinals begin. Yeah. So it's, 
it's pretty tough on those wild card teams, which I guess it should be in some ways, but yeah, like if you play that one game and lose, it's it's just anticlimactic because yeah. it makes the regular season not count for anything. I mean, we've been we've been on the beat since January, right? When when they when camp started at YSC, and then they go down to Florida, and I'm like sitting here, I feel like I'm in a completely different <laughs> year. But no, we're in the same season. Every you know? game so, matters still, Kevin. Yeah, right. Especially the one the ones that they play where they don't have all their starters because they're away for uh, international duty or I whatever. I mean, it's, but, it's such a long season. Kevin was single when it started. And, I know. And, and look, now I was he's, single, now he's married. Yeah, so. I have a house and I'm married. So look at all the things that we can achieve in uh, in one thing. All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Are we gonna Dave, ask about your honeymoon? Were you watching? Well, I was the just game, about to the toss the game during your honeymoon. Or, yeah. Or so what? listen. So okay. So this is what we did. We bugged out to the shore for a little bit because we did like twenty four hours, thirty six hours after the wedding. I just hit a friggin' wall, man. I was like dead. I must have been running on adrenaline the whole weekend because because Sarah and I were both just like laying on the couch, like blah, like done, you know. So we didn't. We went out to. We didn't do like a proper honeymoon. We just went down to her shore house for a little bit and just did sort of whatever whenever we went out to you know we we did some cool things but most of the time we just sort of hung around and just like enjoyed not having a wedding to plan for you know did you watch I mean? a game do you watch the union game oh from yeah the yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What, so so yeah how was that set up did you get like a big crew just no, no gathered around the tv the people big, going nuts on the, the shore watching union fight? no the, we, we don't have uh we don't have cable at her shore house so uh it's actually it's not it's that at the shore it is what it is and we're, she has a her parents have a place uh on the Egg Harbor River in May's Landing. So it's you kind of feel like you're in the Poconos, like it's cabiny, but you're also like 20 minutes from Summers Point, Ocean City and stuff like that. So they, they don't have cable. So when I go watch um, games down there, like if I bring the laptop down or whatever, I drive to the Buffalo Wild Wings at the Hamilton Mall. And I just okay. sit, sit there and watch it because that's the nearest. Is that where you watch the game? <laughs> I see the George is laughing over here, but I mean, where the like, hell else do you They put on the Union game. They're like, the what? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it used to be like that. It used to be like that. But now they have like 700. They have more TVs and people in there. So. Couldn't you just see Kevin and just one other guy interested in the Union game? And every everybody else has just got them huddled into a corner. And it's like, all right, you guys... Yeah. You go. You get this one TV. Don't yeah. don't don't go anywhere near anyone else. Well, you know it was. You know it was actually was in more more pathetic than all of that was that on uh, that Saturday it was kind of crappy because we thought we were going to get the hurricane right the tropical storm was going to come by it kind of ended up fizzling out but it was it was still kind of crappy weather on Saturday so I went to watch the West Virginia game at Buffalo Wild Wings at noon and then she and I and her mom went out and did some stuff we actually went to this uh, vodka distillery and did like this like tour nice. and tasting or whatever and then. Uh, for the union game later that night, I had nowhere else to go to watch it, so I went back to the Buffalo Wild Wings for the second, <laughs> second twice, second time in one day. I know. Did you keep a tab open the whole time? Or? I should have. I don't even know what I bought, if I bought anything the second time. I think I bought a couple of drinks just because I you felt just loitered. Like, like I just I got to use your TVs, man. I don't have any cable around here, so. It sounds kind of sad, but where else do you want me to go, man? That's the, that's yeah, well, the hookup one. It was better it. than uh, my honeymoon. As I told Matt, um, I was in Greece when uh, Jordan Harvey was traded, and, and it just oh. ruined the, the whole uh, You couldn't fly, fly the whole back trip. immediately. I, just, to I, was, the, yeah. I was just so worried about having to make it in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, man. If you were an Eagles uh, beat reporter like, and you were in Greece and uh, the Carson Wentz trade went down, you would have been on the first, first flight out of Athens, wouldn't you? You would have had to have been. So that was that was a good thing about when I got married two years ago. It was in October, and yeah. we figured that you know the union would be eliminated oh. by then, and it, <laughs> they obliged. I think the night I think the uh, night that we that yeah. my wife and I got married was uh, was that the day they blew that lead to Columbus. I think that was a home game. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was like a three-two. Yeah, I think Zach. I think Zach Pfeffer played in that game, yeah, which yeah. made it monumental. Was that the after the Rice game, or was it the? Yeah, that was before, after. Oh, right, because yeah. they were still right. Because we were like, okay, the Chicago thing happened, but they're still in it. Yeah, and then I was they had at another. That game. Yeah, they had another letdown there. Um, 
Dave, you are the the keeper of um, the topics. Our for topics, the okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Starts it to you. May. And you're All right, let's see something. what we got. Well, I guess the big topic from today is a certain uh, captain of the union. You might know him as Marisa Do. Yeah. So uh, we talked to him again. We've been talking to him pretty much every week. He he played last week in uh, Bethlehem. Uh, Thirty minutes. You guys watched the game, I think. Uh, he looked pretty good. He was. I'm um, using. He was pretty like aggressive out there. I think I got yeah. a card in like the 30th minute. Yeah, but. he got a. He played uh, 32, and uh, he went hard into a couple of challenges. He went to ground once. There was a couple. Yeah, he had a lot of body contact with guys where he was trying to shield the ball and trying to just hold on to possession and, and find an outlet pass and stuff like that. I didn't see a ton from him. Um, he had one bad turnover at the end where he grabbed a guy coming back the other way. And that's that's when he got the yellow card. But but Jim told us straight up today. He's like. I, what was the quote like i don't he said i don't care yeah he was what he, he ate i think he, i think he told mo's like i don't i don't care what you're doing tactically how how sharp you look just go out there and and get some game action and get hit and just get back into it and i think yeah. it, was, it was really more as much an exercise for fitness because mo is decently fit i mean he's been working out now for it's been almost two months since yeah. he's been back to the practice field yeah but it's more for the confidence and for the mental side and and i think Saturday was a, a big or Sunday was a big step yeah. for that. Because look, I mean, like skill and technique are what they are. You know, Marisa dude didn't forget how to kick a ball yeah. in eleven months. You know, I think that's why he focused on trying to get stuck in a couple of those challenges. It's like you know when you're coming back from, uh, you know, you're a quarterback coming back from an injury. You got to take that first hit. You know, that first uh, shot in the pocket or something like that, and they start to feel your way back into it. But I mean, I, I don't. I the, the question that, that we've been talking about is not necessarily like. I, I think the way people are looking at it are saying, look, what's the point of putting him back in if you only got four games left right. to play? Like, if it comes down to the playoffs and that's when he's first available, you know, are you shoving him in there and kind of disrupting any rhythm that they have? Because, look, I, I know people don't want to hear it, but they've gotten to where they are without Mo playing a single minute. And with some, with some good – and it is kind of – that. that's the tricky part of this. So I think there's two tricky parts, really, is that one – Mo plays a position where you have to be kind of 90 minutes fit in order to play. Yeah. You're not a guy. He, it's not like with Charlie Davies, for instance, where you're going to play him for the last 15 minutes of game and hope he can affect the game. Like yeah, yeah. Jim Curtin's a guy that he's going to start a central midfielder and then he's not going to have to worry about that central midfielder the rest of the game. You right. want him ready for the start for, I would think at least 60 to 70 minutes. And mm-hmm have him out there and know that it's going to be fine. And, and the flip side is, is that in bringing in a do, you're also taking out something that's working. Warren Craval has been really good this year. Brian Carroll has been pretty good and you're going to replace something that has been working for something in Moa do that it's an unknown. It could, could work, yeah. could yeah. be better. Also could be worse and could have you going back to, to Carroll or Craval or if yeah. he's, if he's not right, if, if Mo comes back and he's not, the Moadu you expect him to be, all of a sudden you could be faced with the prospect of benching Moadu because he's just not there yet. And that that creates an awkward situation or, or playing him in spite of him not maybe being fit. I mean, that's all down the road, yeah. but it is a decision that looms. It's exactly what it is. It's, you know, essentially, you know, Brian Carroll and Warren Carvalho are known quantities at this point. Mo, I mean, you know what his ceiling is, but you don't know what you're going to get from him this year. So uh, to me, I think, uh, yeah, obviously – if you can get – I still think he tops the depth chart at two different positions. I still think he's the best center back on the team. I would take him at right center back. I would take a healthy Marisa Du over Josh Yarrow and Ken Tribbett at this point. And I would take a healthy Marisa Du over Brian Carroll and Warren Carvall. But at the same time, I'm not – if I'm a fan, I wouldn't be super concerned if they can't get him back on the field right away because they are where they are 
again, without him playing a single single minute this entire year. And yeah. it's also tough because there's the chemistry aspect. So it's not just plug and play. Him and Bedoya, presuming that would be the central midfield pairing, yeah. they need a little bit of time. But the flip side is, is that if that works, you've got fresh Moadu. You've got April legged Moadu. Yeah, it's true. Ready he's for not, the postseason. He's not. He's definitely not exhausted. If anything, he's chomp, chomping to get out there. And yeah. and on top of that, if you get him at the end of the season, all of a sudden. Craval, Carroll, they're a little bit fresher because they're not going every game. You know, he's Jim Curtin's done a pretty good job of platooning those guys. So they're, you know, they don't have 30 games in their legs, too. So mm-hmm. you're able to throw a bunch of different options and kind of keep them guessing. And especially, you know, it's such a high energy position at, at, at that number six role. If you have a guy like a dude who's fresh, that's yeah. that's huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else came out of the press conference today? Was there anything interesting that we? Um, um, you know, Carol. He's uh, Ka- Brian Carroll is. Fu- he was. He was. Yeah, Carroll's healthy. Elcino um, had been practicing yeah. full. They both came off the bench last week, but they it's should probably be fine. between Carroll and uh, Craval for that uh, spot. Um, Bedoya will be back, so he'll come back. Yeah, Bedoya's come back tomorrow. Eight, Josh was yeah. back today. It was kind of a sad situation. His mom actually died. Um, I guess almost two months ago, but he just went back for uh, some kind of funeral. Yeah, Jim told Africa, us. So, yeah, but yeah, he he he's said. Conspiracy said like he's doing well, like he likes being part of the team. I guess his teammates have been trying to kind of help him through a tough time. So. Yeah, it happened uh, actually during the he right before the Crystal Palace game or something like that. But you know, uh, be- the burial and uh, you know bereavement, uh, you know, traditions or the way that they do things in Ghana, I guess, I guess are obviously different. Which is why they had the. Um, you know, services two months later or whatever. So that that sort of none of us knew anything about that when he wasn't in the eight, eighteen during that game. But the union tweeted um, yeah. tweeted out and told everybody what was going on with that. Um, and no, and it seems like he should play this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. There would be no there would be no no issues with that. The other big thing that happened today, which I don't know if you guys give a crap about it or not, um, is we asked. <laughs> Jim, to comment on the uh, Bedoya and uh, Eric Winalda. Twitter beef, uh, Deadspin. Twitter, Twitter beef. Exciting day. To Deadspin. Let me say something about Deadspin. Uh, Billy Hazley. <laughs> no, don't. Can I talk about Billy Hazley? Be careful. Is that inappropriate on here? Yes. I don't know the dude. Um, I don't think he's got like a Twitter or anything. I never like you know. I never met him or whatever. But you know, the guy who writes the, a lot of their MLS stuff for Deadspin. Just so people know, I'm doing a service to our listeners by telling telling them who they're who they're reading and what this guy's about. This is the ba- this is the Billy Paisley uh, public service announcement. B- yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy Hazley. Billy, sorry, Billy. Billy Hazley hates MLS. Like he he rips it all the time. He digs on it when he can. Um, he didn't even mention the story that Bedoya plays for the Philadelphia yeah. Union. So maybe they avoided any negative publicity or whatever but i mean to recap if, if people haven't heard it by now it was a you know a twitter argument between alejandro bedoya and uh eric winaldo winaldo who doesn't rate him very highly and uh bedoya sort of coming back and taking some shots at him and then there was a personal one about john harks in the world cup yeah, and, and that might have gone a little too far but like we like guys who speak their mind i mean jim said that like he knows that alejandro is that kind of guy mm-hmm. who talks and like we in the media, like we like Alejandro, like we like that kind of quote um, to, to put it on Twitter for everyone to see. I mean, he, he may have taken it uh, one step too far, but I think when all this beef with him is he just doesn't think he's, he's not uh, good enough to start for the national team. Mm-hmm. So I understand why Bedoya is upset by that, but to kind of take it personal is, is something that some people probably he's got. Yeah. Like. I mean, he's got every right to come back at him. You know, if, if, if we are going to, if we, the media are going to be critical of guys and share our opinion of them, then it's only fair that they come back and share their opinion of us. I don't have any problem with that at all, but yeah, when you come back and 
make a suggestion, you know, going back to some alleged affair that happened in like 1998 before the World Cup, then it gets a little. Yeah, well, I, g- I guess uh, I think Grant Wall wrote about that um, <laughs> probably a few years ago. So yeah. if you want to look up the particulars of that yeah. in- involving John Harks and uh, and Eric Winalda, you you can be free to. But yeah. uh, I think it also I think it also kind of. I didn't think Bedoya was bad for the national team these last two games. I think you yeah, have man. to realize, and uh, you know, not to impugn Eric Ronaldo's soccer sense here, but mm. you're playing St. Vincent and the Grenadines and Trinidad and Tobago. You don't it's, need Alejandro Bedoya really showing up and attack that much. I thought he did a good yeah, job. Yeah. I mean, you know what Michael, you know what Michael Bradley does in terms of his runs from deep and he picks those out a lot and the way Sasha Kleshton was playing the other night and the way Christian Pulisic was playing the other night, you didn't really need Alejandro Bedoya to be a guy who was jumping up into the attack a whole yeah, lot. I thought yeah. he did, you know, you give up no, you outscore two opponents, what 10, nothing over, over two games. Yeah. I don't know that there's a whole lot to argue about that. And Bedoya is being the defensively responsible guy. Yeah, I think it's, that was, it's that was a, fine. Yeah. It's, it's always a, a walk the line kind of situation because we, you know, we're down there at practice all the time. We all know these guys outside of the game. You know, we say hey to each other or whatever. We've interviewed each of them a, a, a ton of times, you know, and if you do, you know, like uh, if, if you're critical of a guy, you write something about him or you do like, like I do the player grades and stuff like that. You know, it, it's important to, to be able to do that stuff because fans have to need your unfiltered opinion and they need to understand how you feel about a guy. And these guys are public figures and they do get the criticism, but you also have to hand out the the praise too, and you have to be fair about it. You know, if you just come out over and over and over again and say, this guy played like shit, this guy did this, this guy did this, and it's just over and over and over again, then one of the things that happens is that like fans, um, readers, they start to, your words kind of become hollow because they're like, okay, you just, this guy's got it out for this guy or something. So, and I think there was a little bit of that in, in what Eric was, was doing because, you know, the, all of his criticism seems to be reserved for Ollie, you know, when he doesn't also give the guy credit when he does something well, you know. So have players ever gotten I'm mad at you for like player grades or anything like that? Or? No, no, no. But I think there was, uh, you know, last year Mo or me and Mo had some kind of Twitter exchange over something. I think it was Raiz, Raiz leaving or something. Oh, it was Raiz. Yeah. 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 I remember that. And basically it was just like, you said he was like bad in, in a locker room or bad body language. And Maurice kind of stuck up for him, which was. Yeah, which was great. No, and he kind (laughs) of, no, I mean, look, he kind of, you know, called me out on that too. And we just had a brief exchange online, but this was based on, I just said what I had heard based on a couple people telling me certain things. And Mo as captain of the team and a guy who obviously had a different relationship with Raiz, you know, he responds back in a certain way. And it was, it was fine. He he and I talked um, about that the next time I saw him, which was actually when he he came into uh, CBS to do, um, to do our Sunday night show. And he and I just chatted about it for a couple of minutes. And all I, all I said to him was like, look, I don't, I don't take that stuff lightly. You know, I wouldn't accuse a guy of being an asshole or, or being this way or that way. If I didn't like truly believe it, or if I didn't trust what other people were telling me, I'm not, you know, the three of us aren't out there saying like, this guy sucks and that guy sucks or whatever. We Speak all Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I don't see much, uh, you know, hard, hard venom coming from Dave Zeitlin's. Uh... So did you watch the uh, game last night? And, and what did you think of, how about Bedoya? And are you? A- I gotta be honest. I didn't watch. I didn't, oh, didn't watch. watch it. Okay. No. I watched a little bit of the replay. In yeah, the it's gonna fall to me then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thought last night everyone's gonna say it's Trinidad and Tobago, it's St. Vincent and the Grenadines, it's it's whatever. This this is not 
great competition, but they played really well last night, especially attack-wise. Mm-hmm. I don't think Trinidad and Tobago really threatened a whole lot, but the U.S., there's really some good chemistry coming through with uh, with Kleschen, with Pulisic. Uh, they're mm-hmm. really playing mm-hmm. well. I think jo- I think Josie's in a really good spot right now. Um, he's being creative. He's creating for others, too which is really important. I still think there's a little bit of misfiring in that partnership with Bobby Wood. Yeah. You know, Wood's been good at his moments. You know, Morris came in. Paul Ariola gets a goal. You get Caleb Stanko. Stanko got on the, um, yeah. You get him cup-tied, uh, cap-tied. So, you know, all I think a lot of good things there. Um, you know, you keep a zero with Omar Gonzalez and Steve Birnbaum in the middle, which is good. You see Cameron outright. Yeah, the defensive positions still seemed a bit weird. It's but it, a little bit, but I think... Uh, but I think there at least you've got it narrowed down to a select group for the next, you know, for the next kind of two plus years. Whereas with the attack, you've got so many different options. Now that you bring in a guy like Question and he plays well, yeah. he's got to be another option going forward. Well, it just, yeah, I watched about, I caught like 30 minutes um, of the replay this morning and it was, uh, I picked it up right when it was, when it was one nothing. And so I saw the other three goals and Question, Polisic. Bobby Wood doing a lot of hard work and opening opening channels for Josie and giving him another body up there. It just, I mean, they looked in the attacking third. The movement looked great, and they just had a lot of uh, understanding up there. I think I, I you know, again, uh, with, when you have guys who are playing like that against teams that aren't that great, uh, Ali Bedoya doesn't need to get forward and and run uh, you, you know, into the channel five hundred times. Um, and also, too, when you have those weird fullback setups or lack thereof you know you have a right sided midfielder in him who can just sort of be conservative and just sort of help protect you know and that's what that's the kind of stuff he did in the copa right yeah i don't think i I don't think he realizes that maybe he's making up for jurgen's bizarre formations or something and maybe that's what winalda's seeing or whatever but but the way it just goes out and asks and does what he's asked to do that's the way i see it right and i think i think winalda might have tweeted at halftime that he'd like to see Nagby come on for for Bedoya, mm-hmm. and I guess at halftime it was only still one nothing, and that's maybe a little bit of an unnecessary switch in that instance. I don't yeah, know I that don't, you I needed don't... another. Not not no. that I don't think Darlington Nagby shouldn't have more opportunities with the national team right, because right. he should, and he should be getting that chance. But I don't know that they needed that extra dose of no. Of and look, when all does a striker too, so of course that's where he thinks. You now he just wants. You know, I'm, more I'm sure going he forward and more goals. And well, whatnot. I'm sure he looks at at a team like Trinidad and Tobago and thinks we should have someone doing what I can't believe we haven't brought this up yet. What Carlos Ruiz did last night. <laughs> we do need to talk about that. I five, five goals. That's a good way to can, good way to go out, isn't it? Can, can can we move just just him into the hex? Not Guatemala. Yeah. Just Carlos Ruiz. You should be able to draft like one one person. Carlos from the, Ruiz uh, and his and his all star bunch. Like they they can move into the hex and and see what they can do. I still can't believe that the union fans our listeners forced him out. It forced him out. I yeah. mean, he, he was playing great here, and, and they just couldn't handle it. If you're it. listening, and, to and they this demanded right now, Novak to like be, trade Carlos Ruiz immediately. You should be ashamed. He had to you do ran, it. You should be ashamed of yourselves <laughs> that you ran him out of time. All right, what other topics have we got on there? Uh, do you want to touch on? Uh, uh, there's not too much. Uh, do you want to touch on uh, Christian Pulisic a little bit? I mean, the Hershey kid. I mean, great game. Last yeah, he night. should. Here's what I say. He should start. He should start every game from now on. All right, <laughs> next topic. Yeah, that's that's really all that needs to be said. Yeah, P- play 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 your kids German edition. Yeah, and if he's not going to get, I don't know what he's. You know, if he's not going to see too much time with with Dortmund's first team this year, then there's no reason he can't be starting for us every every time out. I'm on board the Hershey hype train. Yeah. 
Is that the official? Is, is I just came up with that's, it. Oh, you that's just came right. up with that? That's good. So, uh, thanks. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so, so uh, Twitter questions, we don't really have many. Mm. I guess people are are busy at like work or something, which is weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. A a mediocre bad guy is a question, and he named our podcast. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, Matt, right? Is so we kind of touched on this, yeah, uh, Matt Thornton. Uh, yeah. Playoff projecting, playoff uh, projecting with the final six games and the likeliest places for opponents and our desires. Um, I'm not sure if he's talking about the team or for our well, yeah, us, I mean, but I wouldn't we mind saying, going to Toronto or Montreal. No, yeah. no, but we were – okay, so we, we talked about the union, like the goal having to be like num- – um, like fourth place, right? So I mean, who's number one? Is NYC still number one right now? Is Toronto? Yeah, so NYC would be on top. Toronto's got a have. Toronto's probably going to end up in one of those top two places. Is it? It's going to be because they've got a home heavy schedule. New York, New York, and Toronto. Which two teams finish in the top? Right. Yeah, and and NYC is going to be playing from ahead, so they. You know, I I think Red Bulls right now are probably a better team, and they think they're peaking. They they've had this ability in the last yeah. three or four years to really peak late. So they're going to really push for a number for one of those top two seeds. NYC has a little bit of that cushion. So maybe they come back to the pack a little bit, but nah, I, I don't know I if just that's going to happen. Still, I'm still not convinced at NYC. I mean, I keep, look, I look up there and they're number one, number one, number one, but I just don't, I'm, I don't know. Something still worries me about their defense and their goalkeeping. And I, and you know, they've been getting a lot of goals from Frank Lampard, but some funky kind of, you wonder if there's weird deflections and right right place at right time I mean, goals I, are going to go away. You've wondered that with Lampard for for years. For but whenever, you know he yeah. just if it's if it's somebody else maybe you're worried does. about it. Yeah. But if it's Frank Lampard who, you know, <laughs> so many people panned, including obviously myself panned originally. I mean, we all, yeah, we all did. We all did. But it yeah. was with, it was within reason. I it's, mean, like the dude wasn't playing and he wasn't. You know, he wasn't playing. There was salary. some. Uh, misdirection on the contract that he signed. There so was a lot of stuff. Going. But, uh, you know, Frank Lampard scores those goals. He he just, just figured out how to score those goals for the last, what, 43 yeah. years and that as long he's as been you, playing yeah, as long in, as you in England. So. Guy, like a guy like him and Jim Curtin, I think, probably – sees David Villa as like the MVP of the league, maybe over Javinko, or maybe I think he He's told so, us that he thought they were 1A and 1B at some point. Certainly up there. The, the thing for me is that I keep looking at that team and going, well, they've got this defense. This is this, you know, Josh Saunders is an okay average MLS goalie who's prone to mistakes. Sometimes you keep thinking, all right, eventually this is all going to, this is all going to come back on them. And eventually they're going to bite, you know, it's going to come back to bite them, and maybe it's a playoff setting that, that causes that. But they just keep yeah, rolling along. I, that, so they continue to uh, to defy. What, was there anything else on the questions? The only on the other questions, questions we have on Twitter are about your uh, wedding. People want to know. Oh. They, they don't want to know about soccer. They want to know about your gifts, if you got any let down uh, wedding toasters. Uh, <laughs> no, we already had a toaster. About your ceremony. So, uh, uh, so. No, it was perfect. And no, thank, on a serious note, thank you to everybody who um, – yeah, you know, for the shout outs for the wedding. It was uh my wife Sarah did most of the work, probably ninety percent of the work, and she did a uh, phenomenal what did job you do? with it. Like what was a ten percent that was I like, did well I'll handle I, this. The one thing I did was I did all the music. Um so we had like a DJ like through uh like a wedding like company like a company that specializes in like uh giving you DJs for specific events or whatever, but they it's actually great. They give you like a whole like form. It's like an iTunes kind of thing on your computer and you just go you click on bridal party entrance you pick your songs off of itunes you listen to the previews and stuff you click on dancing this blah 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 so sarah and i actually met because she was she was working at wisp back in the day before they um flipped 
And so she was always into like rock and roll and like alternative and stuff like that. And, you know, I have a bunch of uh, rock and roll stuff around here, obviously. So it was easy to pick the uh, pick Did all the songs. And we we had like a really cool blend of like 80s, like funk kind of stuff with like 90s <laughs> hip hop and some like rock rock songs in there, too. So everybody was. Did you pick the uh, dupe song or no? No, I did not. I thought that'd be a conflict of interest. Um, which uh, maybe which, unethical? Which Iron Maiden song is the best for first dances at weddings? <laughs> we did our first dance was actually like a power ballad by this uh, '80s band that nobody's ever heard of. They're called Firehouse, and they had like three uh, videos back in the day, but they were they were popular. So she um, she she has like uh, all the power ballad like CDs and stuff downstairs. So we were looking through those. And I think she came up with that but it was different you know we, we we put a lot of stuff on like the uh do not playlist you know like we didn't want to hear like the uh you know like the electric slide and the macarena it's, it's and all that. i don't think anybody plays this anymore but you know what I mean? it's funny because i think a lot of weddings now hand out with invitations like yeah. what song would you want to dance to and <laughs> i guess you guys have gone in the opposite direction yeah, or, yeah. or either done that and then taken those and just completely ignored them and put them all on the do not playlist yeah. or just have all your guests which song do you absolutely not want to hear yeah yeah the, listen we had wedding we had a like brown eyed girl on the do not playlist but we had like they have a must playlist too and we put old dirty bastard on the must playlist so that kind of gives you an idea of that, where we were uh, that says that says more than you could ever imagine <laughs> about that beautiful day yeah no it was a great time though it was um yeah it was a really good group of people and uh no it's good now we can uh, stop worrying about the wedding and move on uh with the rest of our lives you and know? just worry about the philadelphia union. just worry about the philadelphia union beat i know yeah and all the uh all the news stories that are coming out of chester so what do we I, got? Anything else uh, in there? Should we wrap? We should it probably up wrap this up. It's gone pretty up. long. Thirty-seven minutes. Well, we got I another person Matt, here, yeah. man. Thirty-seven. It, it's minutes. definitely Matt's fault. No, it's all good. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And uh, again, all of the name suggestions and all the stuff um, from the first two episodes. Again, we are on iTunes now. All that stuff got approved. But if if we're not hitting on a, a format that you guys want, or if we can upload it anywhere else, just drop us a line, and we'd be. Uh, glad to oblige again thanks to uh, philly soccer page for hosting and um you know like i said any uh feedback comments or whatever anything we can do for you guys just give us a shout all right that'll do it peace